0: section 50 of the shakespeare storybook this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by thomas peter the shakespeare storybook by mary MACLEOD. the winter's tale part 1 at the palace of leontes the oracle speaks at the palace of leontes leontes king of sicilia and polyxenes king of bohemia had always been the closest and dearest friends trained together in childhood and as boys never apart a deep-rooted affection had sprung up between them and when the necessities of their royal birth and dignities made separation necessary by calling each to rule over his own kingdom they still kept up the warmest intercourse by gifts letters and loving embassies both in due course married hermione wife of leontes was a noble and beautiful woman and they had one child a princely boy called mamilius polyxenes in bohemia had also one boy florizel within a month of the same age as mamilius when the children were five years old polixenes came to pay a visit to leontes and for many months he remained at Sicilia, renewing the happy days of boyhood with his old friend and made cordially welcome by hermione for the sake of her husband but at last the time came when polixenes must turn his steps homeward he had been long absent from bohemia and matters of state required his presence leontes pressed him warmly to remain even if it were only for a few days longer but polixenes was firm then Leontes bade his wife try her powers of persuasion. Glad to please her husband, and liking their visitor for his own sake, Hermione merely announced that she absolutely refused to let Polixenes go. It was useless for him to pretend excuses. Bohemia was getting on very well without him. Polixenes must learn, she said, that a lady's, verily, was just as potent as a lord's, and she had said verily he must stay, either as her prisoner or her guest. He could take his choice, whichever he preferred, but one of them he certainly should be. Polixenes could not be so churlish as to resist such a sweet pleader, and accordingly he said he would stay for another week. But no sooner was this point settled than a strange fit of jealous rage took possession of Leontes to his unhappy temper it seemed that hermione was showing far too much affection to this friend of his and he was enraged that polixenes had consented to do for her what he had refused to do for himself with growing wrath he watched their light-hearted cordiality for hermione was gay and joyous by nature and her innocent playfulness was always ready to sparkle forth in merry words Instead of trying to banish his solemn suspicions, Leontes chose to keep brooding over them, and presently they overmastered his reason to such an extent that he confided them to one of his lords, called Camillo, and ordered him to find means of poisoning Polixenes. In vain did the honest old courtier try to argue with Leontes, begging him to put aside such delusions, for they were most dangerous, and protesting there was no truth whatever in them. Leontes refused to listen to reason and camillo thought the best plan was to appear to yield he therefore said he would undertake to get rid of polixenes provided that after he was gone leontes would promise to treat his queen exactly the same as formerly this leontes replied it was his intention to do camillo however instead of poisoning polixenes warned him of the danger he was in and the king of bohemia already put on his guard by the frowning looks which met him in all directions determined to leave at once Knowing that it would be impossible to continue in the service of Leontes when the latter discovered what he had done, Camillo accepted an offer from Polixenes to join his followers, and the two left Sicilia that very night. Leontes, hearing of their hasty departure, was more convinced than ever in his suspicions, and in spite of the indignant remonstrances of all his lords, his next step was to order the imprisonment of his noble queen. Not long after she was shut up in prison, Hermione had a little baby girl— but in his fury against his wife leontes refused to see his little daughter or to treat her in any way as a child of his own all the court ladies were devoted to their beloved queen and not one of them but believed in her innocence and was indignant to the cruel way in which she was treated but not contented with simply pitying her one of them paulina wife of the lord antigonus determined to make an effort to get justice done she thought that perhaps at the sight of the innocent little child the king's stubborn heart might relent. Paulina was a woman of firm and dauntless character. She went to the prison, calmly carried off the infant in the face of some feeble objections from the jailer. Then, proceeding to the palace, she insisted on making her way into the presence of the king. Leontes ordered her to be removed, but the spirited lady drew herself up with such an air of defiance that for a moment no man dared lay hands on her of my own accord i will go but first i'll do my errand she said haughtily then kneeling before the king she placed the child at his feet the good queen for she is good hath brought you forth a daughter she said here it is she commends it to your blessing but her appeal was useless with uncontrolled fury leontes bade her be gone and to take the child with her Polina cared nothing for his wild torrent of abuse but unflinchingly expressed her opinion that he was acting in a most senseless manner and said that his cruel usage of the queen would make him scandalous to the world the outspoken lady was at last hustled away but she left the child behind her bidding the king look to it Paulina's husband antigonus had taken up the infant in pity and now leontes turned on him with fury accusing him of having set on his wife and ordering him to take away the child and kill it Antigonus respectfully denied that he had set on his wife, and the other lords confirmed what he said, and further besought on their knees that Leontes would relent from his horrible purpose. Softening a little, Leontes grudgingly consented that the child might live, but he forthwith commanded Antigonus, on his allegiance, to carry it away to some remote and desert place quite out of his dominions, and there leave it, without more mercy to its own protection and the favour of the climate. Chance might nurse it or end it. Antigonus, though sore at heart, did as he had sworn to the king he would do, and carried away the child. That night, as he was in the ship that conveyed them away from the domain of Sicilia, there came to him a dream. The spirit of Hermione stood before him, clad in pure white robes, her eyes flashing fire. When their fury was spent, she spoke thus, good antigonus since fate against thy better disposition had made thy person for the thrower out of my poor babe according to thine oath there are places remote enough in bohemia there weep and leave it crying and because the babe is counted lost forever prithee call it perdita for this ungentle business put on thee by my lord thou never more shalt see thy wife paulina and so wailing the vision melted into the air in accordance with this dream, Antigonus carried the babe into the country of Bohemia. Unable to weep, but his heart bleeding for pity at the cruel deed which his oath enjoined on him, he placed it tenderly on the ground. As he turned away, he was pursued by a savage bear, which made him take to instant flight. He had not, therefore, the happiness of knowing that the little child found a speedy preserver, for within a few minutes an aged shepherd, in search of some strayed sheep, came that way good luck what have we here he cried in astonishment mercy on us a bairn a very pretty bairn a boy or a girl i wonder a pretty one a very pretty one i'll take it up for pity yet i'll tarry till my son come he hallooed but even now whoa, ho ho the shepherd's son coming up to wonder over the strange discovery, soon noticed there was a heap of gold hidden away in the costly wrappings of the little foundling, and rejoicing in their luck, the rustics carried Perdita home to their shepherd's cottage. The Oracle Speaks Leontes, in order to avoid the reproach of tyranny, which he feared his people had only too much reason to fasten on him, decreed that the queen should be openly tried in a court of justice and herself appear in person to answer the charges he had seen fit to bring against her he had dispatched messengers to the temple of apollo at delphos to consult the oracle and on their return the trial was appointed to take place the messengers had brought back the answer of the oracle in a sealed cover and at the proper moment during the trial the seals would be broken and the verdict would be read in open court hermione's answer to the accusations brought against her was an in indignant denial she declared that she had never had for polixenes more affection than was right and fitting for any honourable lady to have for her guest such an affection as leontes himself had commended her to bestow on the friend who had loved him from infancy she had never conspired with camillo against leontes all she knew was that camillo was an honest man and she was entirely ignorant why he had left the court the only effect these words had on leontes was to make him more violent than ever he told his wife that as she had already been past all shame so she was now past all truth and he threatened her with the punishment of death sir spare your threats said hermione with noble dignity the spectre you would frighten me with i seek to me life is no great thing to be desired the crown and comfort of my life your favor is lost for i feel it to be gone though i know not how it went my second joy my first-born child, I am debarred from his presence like one infectious. My third comfort, my dear little innocent baby, has been torn from me. I have myself been branded with disgrace on every hand. And lastly, I have been hurried here to this place, in the open court, while I am still weak and ill, and unfitted to appear. Now, my liege, tell me what blessings I have here, while I am alive, that I should fear to die. Therefore proceed. But yet, hear this, mistake me not i do not beg for life i prize it not a straw but for mine honour i will not have that condemned without any proof except what your jealous surmises awake my lords i refer me to the oracle apollo be my judge the counsellors present declared that hermione's request was altogether just and ordered the messengers from Delphos to be summoned the latter then handed the officer of the court the sealed letter from the oracle which he forthwith opened and read in the presence of all the oracle spoke thus: hermione is innocent polixenes blameless camillo a true subject leontes a jealous tyrant the innocent babe is his daughter and the king shall live without an heir if that which is lost be not found now blessed be the great apollo shouted all the lords praised cried hermione hast thou read truth demanded leontes i my lord even so as it is here set down said the officer of the court there is no truth at all in the oracle, exclaimed Leontes. The trial shall proceed. This is mere falsehood. But at that instant came a terrible shock to the headstrong king. A servant entered with the mournful tidings that the young prince, the noble boy Mamilius, was dead. The separation from his beloved mother, and dread as to a possible fate, had so wrought on the imagination of the sensitive child that he had died of grief. On hearing of this new calamity, Hermione's fortitude gave way and she fell fainting to the ground. Leonte's stubborn spirit began to quail. He saw in this blow the wrath of heaven against his injustice. He admitted that he had too much believed his suspicions. He ordered that the queen should be carried away, and every remedy tenderly applied to restore her to life. In his new terror he hastily began to make good resolutions. He would be reconciled with Pelixenes. He would woo the queen again. He would recall Camillo whom he forthwith proclaimed a man of mercy and truth for by his piety and humanity he had saved the life of polixenes when leontes would have poisoned him but these good resolves came too late even as leontes was speaking paulina rushed back into the court weeping and wringing her hands with burning words that went straight to the truth she hurled the bitterest reproaches at the king denouncing his tyranny and worse than childish jealousy which had led to one evil after another he had betrayed polixenes attempted to poison camillo's honour cast forth to the crows his baby daughter had indirectly brought about the death of the young prince but last beyond all these things worst of all the queen was dead Oh, thou tyrant she cried almost distracted with grief do not repent these things for they are heavier than all thy woes can stir therefore betake thee to nothing but despair a thousand knees ten thousand years together naked fasting upon a barren mountain and still winter and storm perpetual could not move the cause to look on thee with pity go on go on murmured the conscience-stricken leontes i have deserved all tongues to talk their bitterest paulina seeing that leontes was sincere in his repentance now softened and in her impulsive fashion asked pardon for her rash and impetuous words. But Leontes was honest enough to own that she had spoken nothing but truth, and he would not let her retract what she had said. Prithee, bring me to the dead bodies of my wife and son, he said. One grave shall be for both. On it shall appear the cause of their death, for my perpetual shame. Once a day I'll visit the chapel where they lie, and tears shed there shall be my recreation. So the unhappy king strove in vain by a tardy penance to atone for the wrongs he had done. End of section fifty